Welcome to the Wellness Pie Shop, where each episode we cut into a different slice of wellness to examine how our values and resilience nourish our daily lives. With the help of special guests and our own brand of irreverent insight, we'll dive into some of the ingredients that make up the whole of each of our wellness pies. We're your hosts, Dina Searden and Samaya Ding Lawson. Thanks for joining us. Now let's grab a cup of tea, sit back, relax, and join this week's discussion at the Wellness Pie Shop. Hello to all our listeners out there who have been wondering what happened to the Wellness Pie Shop. <laughs> With me today is Samaya Ding Lawson, who is going to be our co-host from now on. Yay! Yay! I'm very excited. I don't really know what I'm doing, so I'm going to be learning this along the way, but I'm very excited to be here. Well, I'm very excited to have you here. And Rachel is still around, but she is getting ready to move from California to Ohio. I'm still trying to figure out why she's moving from beautiful San Diego to Cleveland area, but no offense to anyone in the Cleveland area. It's just cold. (laughs) So she's been really busy and has not been able to work on the podcast. So we went ahead and agreed to have another co-host. And so here we have Samaya. And since we're doing this, we thought, well, why don't we just kind of talk about where we've been and where we want to go? That's sort of my thought. And where we've been is you've been a guest. You've been a guest co-host, Samaya. And I've sort of been with this thing throughout. And we've focused on values and how values play out in people's lives. You know, we're asking people to identify the, identify their values, identify how maybe their work or their relationships exemplify Mm -hmm. those values. And um, hopefully we can move forward and continue in that vein. Where would you like to see us go, Tamaya? Well, I think it's like a really good start where we talk about people's morals and values and how it shapes like who they are. And I think we can, like you said, continue to go that direction. I guess the question is, do we want to branch out and add something a little bit different in addition to the morals and values to kind of get a deeper perspective of the person we're interviewing? So kind of building off that as sort of a foundation, but maybe throwing in some additional kind of questions or issues or potentially maybe specific topics based on who the guest is. Okay. So do you have an example? Like, do you have an idea of what that might look like? No idea what that would look like. I'm totally perfect. Off the top of my head. I'm so not prepared. Oh my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, maybe kind of like, you know, how we interview the teens, the two of them, I obviously, okay. Emma. And there was also for my Chloe, Chloe, mm-hmm. that young women, like trying to figure out who they are and, you know, where they're going to be at in life. And so maybe for them, like if we brought them back, it'd be like, or maybe asking them, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years from now? So mm-hmm. really building off where they're at today to sort of envision what their future looks like, you know, can they, can they, can they sort of imagine what that would look like? And maybe we can, you know, ask those kinds of questions with other guests as well. Right. Right. How do they, the thing I wonder is, and Rachel and I talked about this, about can values change over time? Initially, it was, I, my thought was, well, not really, because your values are your values. 
And then I realized that for me, after talking with a lot of people on the podcast, I think that values do change over time because we change over time and what's important to us changes, you know, so what we value in our lives changes, especially when you think about the loss of someone or the addition of someone in your life. Right. It's funny that you say that because where I was thinking, even in my twenties and thirties was was radically shifted since I've adopted the girls. It's been like almost eight years now. And so like, I imagine I'm just, I'm a different person overall, just being a mother and my values probably have shifted towards really prioritizing what's important in life. You know, now that, now that I have a family and I think that is totally true. We keep probably our core values, but I think we also kind of add and build on from there based on what's going on in our lives. Absolutely. I think the same thing. Uh, I know that when I was younger and not having any kids, it was, I'm trying to think, you know, I've always had a sense of humor. That's always been important to me. Love and caring has always been important to me. And yet it's, those have shifted. I don't know how to explain it other than the way I love now has changed. And I don't know if you feel the same way now being a parent that when you bring these little ones and you have a responsibility now, not just to yourself, but to two little people, two little humans, it's really different. Absolutely. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, trying to introduce him to the girls for showing pictures and trying to describe who they were as little human beings and their personalities. And I, what I came across was like, my only job in, in this life truly is to help them be the most authentic, kindest human beings in this world. Right. And that's such a huge responsibility. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Overwhelming. But to do that, like I have to model kindness. I have to model authenticity. I have to model these things for them. And sometimes that's just really hard to do, you know? Oh my God. Yes. And then when you throw in there the psychological impact of having children and when you're watching them develop through ages where you had trauma of one sort or another, and it's triggering uh, okay. Maybe I'm projecting here, but for me, <laughs> maybe you can elaborate a little bit on maybe what I can elaborate maybe. A little bit. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I see my daughter, she's eight years old and at eight years old, things started changing in my house. I had a mom and a dad and I had three sisters and I am the oldest. I mean, no, I'm, <laughs> that's hysterical. I am the second oldest of the four. And we, there was just a shift. And I started to see my father more for who he was rather than who I wanted him to be. And at eight years old, that's kind of a big jump. And I had some experiences with him that let's just say eight-year-olds shouldn't experience. And so when I see my daughter so vulnerable, so small, so emotionally childlike, I mean, she's a child, right? And I think to myself, holy cow, you know, when I was her age, these are the things that were going on. Part of me, I want to protect her, but I also want to toughen her up. And Mm -hmm. so I might not always be as sensitive to her as I would be to another little girl because I don't want her to have to go through anything like I went through, you know, when I, I lost my train of thought, but it's good so far. I know it's, I know like you kind of were thrown on the spot about talking about really difficult things, right. Especially childhood trauma. And so 
it's not an easy thing to do, especially with people you don't know. Right. Right. I, right. That we're trying to share our personal lives <laughs> without <laughs> sharing our personal lives. <laughs> hard to do. It's so vulnerable, right? And yes. just out there. And, but I think that's what I'm going to commit to doing. I don't know about you as hard as it is. I think we should give it a try. I think we should give it a try. And I think one of the things that was lacking in previous podcasts is that I, I have a tendency to stay behind my clinical persona. I'm really used to that. I'm really comfortable being a professional and asking questions and eliciting responses and things like that. And I'm a lot less comfortable, although I've done therapy, I'm way less comfortable talking about myself and talking about things that are scary or traumatic or have a, a barb to them. I'm not quite sure how else to put it. Because clearly I can talk about myself all day long if we're talking about horses or skiing or running or riding a bike or whatever, I can chitty chat with the best of them. I can even chitty chat about values until you get to that next layer. Totally. And what I hear you asking is we should make a commitment to get to that next layer. You know, I can't believe I just put it out there. (laughs) (laughs) ah shit (laughs) ask for both of us like I even when you guys interviewed me for mine I was up till two in the morning like pondering and thinking how much do I want to share my life Mm. like I really thought about that because I wanted to it was an opportunity for me to share my life experience but at the same time I really wanted to share it so um people who are either in my situation or maybe somehow related to me can feel like validated, you know, mm. and to be able to do that. And so, and I got a lot of great feedback, but it, I, I felt very vulnerable and exposed. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to try and be open-minded and open myself up to being honest and truthful about where we're at with things, whatever topics come up. And I think we'll just, for, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I am very hesitant to commit, but I'm going to. <laughs> Good. If I have to commit, I want you to commit. I, well, it's only fair. Only and <laughs> what our listeners don't know about you, Samaya, is that you're really good at keeping me in check. Not keeping me in check, but, you know, calling me out. Yeah, some good, you know, just accountability, right? Accountability. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I need that because I'm a person who is really in my head and I'm very able to overthink and divert the conversation or the topic or the emotion or whatever into another way, because whatever serves my, whatever serves me, we'll just put it that way. So Ooh, this is going to be intense, but I think mm, it's going to be the onions for you, especially, you know, and um, this is not Dina's therapy. <laughs> it would be good. I think it'd be a great session. Well, I have one of my clients you happen to know him. He thinks, you know, we should do a podcast where I'm the client and you're the therapist. I'm like, that's a great idea. So maybe you can be the client sometimes. Be the therapist. And then Only if you agree to be the client sometimes. Okay. I said, you don't switch roles. And then I'll be like, oh yeah. And then I'll be like, I don't want to play anymore. It's too, too much. <laughs> can we go to a different sandbox, please? That somebody else is in charge of. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting how it plays out with guests because clearly 
our guests are, we're asking them questions and we're not bringing them on to necessarily elicit emotion or responses from us as much as find out where they are. But as we both know, being clinicians, it's impossible to have interaction with another human being without having an impact on ourselves. Absolutely. So it, I think will allow for some transparency for folks who maybe have been in therapy or maybe have ever wondered what we see a lot of the person being questioned, but we don't see a lot of the questioners. Does that make sense? Why don't you elaborate on that for me? Well, what I mean is it seems as though the interviewer gets to be safe. Absolutely. Yep. Because as an interviewer, we're asking questions. As a social worker going in to meet with my client, I'm the one asking the questions so I can be of assistance. You don't need to know anything about me. As a matter of fact, it's not helpful to know anything about me. But what I hear you saying is, and what I agree with, and what will be very interesting is that for this podcast, we're going to be able to be more open and to show the other side. We're going to show both sides at once what the interviewer is going through, as well as what the interviewee is going through. Right. I love it. Oh my God. I'm scared and petrified and excited all at once. (laughs) So, you know, I think, I think we'll continue on the same format, but to, you know, and Rachel was really good about this. Rachel was really good about talking about how, what they said impacted her. Mm -hmm. And I was not Mm -hmm. right. But now we're, we have committed to both of us saying, okay, this is impacting me in this way and what I'm understanding and how this is, is touching my story is this. And I don't know, maybe it's going to be a big fat mess. (laughs) We could be two bumbling, crying babies. We could be. All this projection, right. And power transfer and stuff that we're taught, like in social work school, we're doing all kinds of all that stuff, but the good thing is it's not a client uh, therapist relationship. Nope. So I think the ability to kind of sometimes be hot messes and to project and to apologize and to feel what we're feeling right without any judgment. And so I don't know if there's a podcast out, out there like that, you know, do LCSW is willing to put themselves out there personally, somewhat professionally, sort of not really. I mean, like this can be, can be work really great or it could totally fail, I guess. Both. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll be good because I'm excited about it. I'm excited to try this new format. I'm excited to continue the old format in a way, right? Just maintain that common thread and, and see where, where we're going to go with it. You know, it's going to be interesting. Very, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad that you asked me to be a co-host. I'm actually really excited I'm going through some major changes in my life right now. And I think this is something I can use in my life where I can build and grow um, as a person, right? And maybe share my experience with other people that can kind of learn from my experience. And I don't know, I, I think we both might be in a good place to both learn and grow. For sure. And it's funny that you say that because part of me feels like I have nothing of value to share to other people because my life is boring and there haven't been any major changes like yours. On the other hand, I don't think that I'm alone in feeling really overwhelmed by the pandemic, by the emotional burdens placed on me, 
being a mother and a person working at home and trying to carry a job that is emotionally demanding at the best of times, right? And then when you add on this whole big fat mess from the last year and a half, compassion fatigue, burnout, those names mean nothing. <laughs> this is so far beyond that. I said to um, a friend, uh, our colleague, Amy, the other day, I said, I just don't give a shit anymore. I just don't care. And I don't want to have to take care of anybody. I'm so tired of taking care of other people. And I don't know another way to say it. And it's, and it's beyond just being a mother. It's beyond just being a social worker. It is like, don't ask me to make one more phone call on anyone's behalf. Cause it ain't going to happen. Right. I do not have the capacity. I am metaphorically curled up in a ball under my desk crying. Right. Get it. I got it. You know? And I think, I think one acknowledging that as a human being is like, we can only do so much, right? We can only handle so much. And I think um, to be vulnerable and to acknowledge that to ourselves, who I know I find that I'm a perfectionist and I'm sure you are too in a lot of ways. I'm like, no, what you perfectionist? Oh my God. I don't know what you're talking about. Is, I think um, one, we need to validate our own feelings, right? Like yes. the fact that you feel overwhelmed, validating your own feelings is just as important because I think we need to work on practicing forgiveness. And we talk about self-compassion, me and you laugh, haha, self-compassion, but really you probably really need to be focusing on that like at least five minutes every day, right? Because every day? Maybe every other day. <laughs> Just should be every day. Yes. And it should sadly, why does five minutes sound like such a long time? So not right. And so like, I think that's a good should, right? We don't really teach shoulds and you know, shoulds and should nots because of expectations, but I think we should commit to doing five minutes every day of just self-compassion, self-care, whether it's meditation or focusing or whatever it is for five minutes that just serves our needs. I don't know. Maybe that will help a little bit in terms of starting the day. Worth a try. It's 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 worth a try. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I can do it every day. I'm going to start slow. I'm going to start with maybe twice a week. <laughs> because honestly, I just I the I know it's supposed to be good for me and it's but it also sounds at the same time as though this is one more thing I have to do. Totally. And I want to shift that thinking from I have to do this to this is something I want to do for myself. And totally makes sense. I think that's where we have to find the balance is like what, um, what's helpful to us versus what then becomes another burden. Exactly. Or another, a chore or another thing to add to our to-do list. And I think in this process, we're going to figure out what works for us realistically and hopefully share what's been working for us so that other people can kind of learn from what we've learned. Um, and I think that yeah, just to be trying to be forgiving of ourselves, we're going to make mistakes along the way with this, but I think that's what's going to, be special about our podcast is we're just going to be real and human and put it out there and we'll make mistakes and we'll, we will apologize. And, but we'll also, I think, have some really good, thoughtful, deep, meaningful interviews and experiences too. So. I agree. And I'm, I'm thinking of podcasts out there. I think of Brene Brown and her amazing podcast, and she has these experts on and I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> What? What's so Expert funny? and Dina Searden, mm -hmm. not really in the same category, right? I, I, I can't even say I'm an expert in my own life. 
because mm-hmm. I haven't even figured that out yet. So, you know, if anybody's listening to learn from an expert, you're going to have, you know, change the station, change the podcast, whatever. But if you're, if you know, what you're looking for is reality right. and I, I don't even want to say normalcy, but just validation that you're really not as fucked up as a lot of people. And, and look at us, we're high functioning, fucked up people. Right. No, we're doing great considering the circumstances, right? Survivors, as far as I'm concerned, you know, and people from the outside may not necessarily know what we struggle with and what we experience as children and as young adults, but we've had our struggles, but we're here today, you know, and we're, we're, I think we're thriving, you know, there's moments where we don't feel like we're thriving. We're barely making it through that day, but at the end of the day, we get up the next day and we do it all over again. Right. And that's what survivors do is we keep, we keep going no matter how difficult it is. We keep going. That's absolutely right. And it, you know, I think one of the topics that we could talk about sometime is resiliency and how maybe values play into resiliency. If you understand what your values are, you may not have to be living them but having an understanding on how they impact your life may, may help. I mean, it's a, it's a whole discussion I think that we could have because resiliency is a, it's a muscle that needs to be flexed and used. And some people are more born with resiliency and others have to really work at it. And I think you and I are, are examples of, of two lucky people who have in, inborn resiliency and that's gotten us through some pretty tough times. And I just, I, I, I have to say that I'm grateful for any listeners who are sticking with us, who have stuck with us through this whole time, because it's been, what, about six weeks, I think, since I last uh, posted a podcast. And that was a great one with our former office mate, (laughs) Elliot Hofts. I I hope that people really find something of value, Hmm. value in values. (laughs) Values in values. Yeah, no, like let's use this as an opportunity to really grow and learn and to hopefully really teach people or have them get something from it, even if it's like a little nugget of something, you know? Right, right. That was really what keeps me tuned into doing this and to be an active participant is to know that I'm invested and hopefully therefore our audience will be invested too. One of the things that I, I struggle with, and I've listened to different people talking about it is, you know, happiness shouldn't be a destination because as soon as you achieve it, it changes. Correct. Right. So depending on where you are in your life, what makes you happy? I'm really sensitive to that for some reason. It's like, choose happy. Well, what does that mean? Because that changes all the time. Absolutely. There's this book, of course, one of my, um, I do AFW clinical supervision for people trying to become LCSWs. And she recommended a book she was reading called The Happiness Trap. And I just, of mm. course, I'm on page two, but it's the fundamental idea that we set up, basically we're set up for failure because we're always trying to achieve the idea of what it means to be happy. And so constant search for what that is, I think leads us to believe that it, it's almost impossible to achieve. And I think as I start to read this book more, I'll have more, <laughs> more input to give. But I think that what you're saying is it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's such a hard thing to know what that is, right? 
And the right. response is searching for what? So what is happiness? You're totally right. Absolutely. And Absolutely. how do you know when you're, when, you, when have you gotten to that point where you are happy? Exactly. What does that mean? And how does that look? And does it look differently for different people? Probably. Right. 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 And it's so interesting because that, you know, I mean, even in the constitution of the United States, it says life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. That's right. Pursuit of happiness. You're totally right. (laughs) Yeah. So like, what does that mean? Okay. Pursuing happiness. It's like this little thing running down the street that I'm just going to chase after. I don't know. Or is it you're like running around? I can see like I'm running after happiness. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Where are you going, Dina? I'm out. The happiness is right down the street. I've got to go get it. Hey, did you see that? That was my happiness. It just ran by. If it were only that easy, and we know it's not. Mm. It's not tangible. It's Mm-mm. not just grab. It's something that's just out, like, right, just out there, you know? Um, how do you find out what your happiness is? I mean, that's a, that's a good question. And the, here's the thing. Once you get to that point that you said, okay, this is this, when I attain this, when I achieve this, when I succeed at this, I will be happy. Then it changed. Then once you get there, it changes too, or you're fighting to keep in that one spot. And you cannot grow as a human being if you're only in one spot. So it's really, it's really an oxymoron saying I've achieved happiness because you have, and now you've lost it. Right. It's like, where'd it go? I got it finally. Now it's gone. Yep. Right. Yep. And I had something way more profound to say about that, but I can't remember. I mean, I lost it. Because I think you're right. So we set us like, there's this high expectation to meet this goal of happiness. And once we get there, what happens is then we're just disappointed, right? Because it's not sort of what we expected it to be. And I guess that's the thing is like, how do we keep our expectations realistic? And what does happiness look like? And we want to find that and really integrate that though. And if we make it that goal, like it has to be realistic, I guess, too, you know? And I remember what I was going to, I was thinking is that, so life is ups and downs. You don't even know what happiness is unless you know sadness. Absolutely. Totally. So once you get to that happy place, where are you going to go from there? You can only go down or you're de- already down because now your level of happiness is higher mm-hmm. or over there or over there, or even down. I mean, you know, Maybe there is no up and down, but just in a different place. If we can't have one without the other, happiness is more a state of mind than an actual destination. Correct. That makes a lot of sense. I'm sure I read that on the cover of a book somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You are. You've got an amazing memory. You do read a lot. So (laughs) it's that idiot savant. That's right. I didn't want to say it. My eight-year-old son is um, turning into an idiot savant himself. Well, he reads a lot, just like mama, huh? No, no, no. This is Colin. He just watches these videos and and he he just loves learning about stuff. And like, mama, did you know, did you know that the chainsaw was originally designed for giving, helping mothers give birth? Oh, really? Yes. And that's what I said. I'm like, what? Sounds profoundly scary. I don't know. I'm- yes. Well, it was a much smaller version, but- it was some a tool to do an episiostomy. Okay. Well, clearly that didn't work too well. No. 
Can you imagine? No. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, yeah, he gave me that little tidbit that I'm now passing on to you and all our listeners. Everybody. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that one. Yeah, well, nothing. <laughs> like a lot of discussions at work, nothing. So I'll be like, let's look up whatever the most caffeinated tea. You're like, hold on a second. Let me look it up. And you go on Google. And we spend probably about an hour looking up random teas for what? I don't know. Because it makes us happy. And what is happiness but feeling good? And if we're feeling good, if it feels good to like know more shit, then let's do it. Why we're here, right? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> so I did find the happiness trap book. I'm going to hold it up. Not like our viewers can see, you know, any of this. But, mm-hmm. No, they can't, but I can. But Martha Beck, um, author of Finding Your Own North Star, said this book could save you years of psychological struggle, yank you out of the negative emotional patterns and help propel you to a much happier, more productive life. Wow. Right? She thinks a lot about herself if she thinks that she can do that for you. (laughs) Actually, that was her recommending the book. It wasn't her book. Oh, 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 okay. I'm like the author says that of herself. She thinks very highly of herself. No, that was her, what her recommendation looks like Russ Harris is the, the author. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 I was confused there. I thought Martha Beck was the author. Confusing over 500,000 copies sold how to stop struggling and start living. Oh, I will. Yeah. keep you guys posted about what what I'm learning. The happiness trap. Okay. I love it. Because we're both really good at bringing things around that are completely unrelated and making them related. Let's find the connection between these disparate. That's why we're so gifted at our job, right? We can pretty much reframe, rework, redirect probably any type of conversation. So so true. I never have one boring day unless it's just doing notes. That's my most boring days. That's... Yes. If it's a boring day, it's because I choose for it to be a boring day. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah, for sure. Generally, I'm trying to hide from the not boring days. Right. <laughs> it's sort of, it's like, you know, I'm, I really don't want to return that phone call because it's going to make my day not so boring. And just right now I need boring, at least for the next half an hour. I hear you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Too. I, I get it. Mm. But again, to our listeners, yes, I do return the phone calls. She does maybe a little after 24 hours, but she gets, she gets to it for sure. That's right. <laughs> and the notes aren't on time, but that's okay. We try really hard. We do. We're like this, what we call the C office, which means we just, you know, do just enough just to get like a C grade if people were to evaluate us. So I was explaining this to my new supervisor about the C office. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's, that's good. He didn't know what else to say. Hello. It's like, so what you're telling me is you don't work hard? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I say at all. Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I'm nodding my head. Look at it from the VA perspective, right? You know, C is a fully successful and all they really want us to be is fully successful, right? So maybe we've, you know, had the right thought process all along. That's right. We're 
fully successful kind of work. And fully successful means doing everything we can for our veterans, but not necessarily going above and beyond for our organization. Probably true. I'd say that's probably right. And yet the problem with us is that because you're not doing it, what? You're, you're not like, maintaining a C. You oh, can't help yourself. You're oh, like, it's oh. an A. God dang it. It's an A. Why? Why did I do that? I don't function as an A social worker. Like I try to really put my expectations down and try not to try as hard. But the bottom line is I fucking care. That is my problem. I care oh. people. I care about my veterans. I can't help it. My boundaries are bad when it comes to caring about people. <laughs> I'm just going to go above and beyond, even when I don't have time. That's a problem. How do you, you can't get a C that way. You're going to get a higher grade. No, I really try to get like a C kind of just a mediocre kind of fully successful kind of job, but I can't. Well, the irony there is that you go <laughs> and where we get the C office moniker is the idea that you're, you're doing so much for your clients, Samaya, you do, you really do go above and beyond and you get a C because you're not documenting it <laughs> oh my God, that's so within cool. three days. <laughs> um, yeah, that's completely hundred percent true. I can do excellent work at the end of the day. You're totally right. One time I did not get outstanding because I couldn't get my notes in 99 because you were so busy. Because I was so busy meeting with clients. Oh my God, what a class. What? Two people doing my job? What? But I didn't get the note in on time. Oh, I'm only C level, you know. That's right. That's what happens. So the what we're trying to do is really, really be a C level employee because we're getting that review anyway. So if we're right. gonna get that review, let's bring it down. A couple notches. Just a couple. Just a couple. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's getting hurt. Everybody's alive. We do our we do our welfare checks. You know? We do. We do. If they're not alive, that's we do our fifty one fifties, right? I mean, we do our fifty one fifties. We'll call the police, whether you know Kurt goes out there or not. That's not really on us. That's really on them. You know, I'm correct. Just, so correct. We make sure that our veterans are, you know, alive. You know, and if they're not, we're doing what we can to make sure we get them the help they need. Well. If they're not alive, then really they just need a mortician. But <laughs> Samaya, I have just enjoyed working on this podcast with you today, and I can't wait to do more. I so appreciate the time that you've taken and the fact that you're going to be with Wellness Pie Shop ongoing. It's fantastic. I didn't know what I was in for, but I'm thinking I'm liking it already. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited to see what unfolds and what we discover about like our guests and ourselves, good, bad, indifferent, wonderful, whatever. And yeah, I'm just excited for this new project and to be doing it with you, Dina. Oh, well, fantastic. All right. Well, Smaya, I will talk with you again on our next show. Awesome. I'll see you then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.